Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of the podcast. I know it's weird when I say that, that it's brand new because it's not an old one. (laughs) It's a, a new episode. But anyways, I am your host Mandy and as always it's my pleasure to bring you the wonderful weirdness that exists in our world. Um, continuing on our journey in the season of weird and paranormal and crazy things that are happening in northern Ontario but I've kind of had to expand it to the rest of Ontario so we'll get into that when we hit up today's show topic but before we get into that we have to do our shout outs Um, so first I want to give a huge shout out to our new podcast sponsor Alucateco Hot Sauce they are sponsoring us and doing an amazing job. Um, I got an awesome gift box. So pictures of that are going to be up on social media, which is the podcast pod on Instagram. So you can check that out and see all the wonderful stuff they sent. One uh, bottle of every flavor that they have, which is insane um, because they have, what was it, seven bottles? So that's amazing. Um, I was out of Chipotle and my local store decided to not sell it anymore. So Safeway, I sent them an email and said, why are you not selling El Yucateco anymore? It used to be the only place in town that I could find Chipotle. Now I can't find any flavors there. So it worked out perfectly that El Yucateco decided to provide us with all of the awesome flavors. Um, Like I said, Chipotle is my favorite. But I'm most looking forward to jalapeno. Um, I was reading that it's the lowest one on the Scoville scale on their website. And for me, that's perfect because I'm not a fan of super spicy stuff. I like the heat and the smokiness of Chipotle. But I feel like maybe jalapeno will be a little bit better. Um, So I'm looking forward to having that possibly on some burgers. I'm thinking this weekend, barbecuing up some burgers, throwing some jalapeno El Yucateco on there, maybe a little bit of cheese and yeah, seeing, uh, seeing how that goes. So check them out, El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Um, head over to their website, follow them on social media. Their shop um, at shopelucateco.com has wonderful stuff. You can get the hot sauces there if you can't find them locally or you can get awesome gear. I know I've got a t-shirt from there and stuff they sent is awesome pins and (laughs) koozies and cups, stickers, anything you could want. So check them out. They are, they're pretty amazing. They're pretty great. So I'd you know, I can definitely recommend them. I thought I had a sneeze brewing, but I'm not sure if I do or not. So we'll see if it sneaks up on me while I'm doing this. Um, so yeah, check out, uh, check out El Yucateco. As well, I want to thank our wonderful podcast network, Podbelly, uh, podbelly.com for all your podcast needs. Head over there, check out all the awesome shows like Art and Jacob Do America, um, Changing Hearts and Minds, all things Star Wars. Basically, whatever you want to listen to, they have a podcast for you. <laughs> so let's get into today's topic. Like I said, I had to expand out to Ontario. And we're... Because of Northern Ontario seemed to have... I don't know if it's just running out of cases or drying up or what. So I've expanded to Ontario. I think that still fits because it's still local. I mean, it's the province that I'm in, even though it's a giant province and takes like a week to drive across. <laughs> So we're looking at Toronto and basically Canadian or Americans, what they know about Canada is Toronto and Vancouver and Montreal. They don't really know any other cities. They think that Toronto is probably 
you know, the main city of Canada and is kind of, I guess it's kind of like our New York is what Toronto would relate to um, in size and population and just style of the city, I guess. So in terms of distance for me, it's probably about, I think it's like a 22 hour drive um, from me. So it's, it's kind of far, but it's still the same province. And I apologize if I'm sounding kind of strained and stuffed up. Um, I've got fun summer allergies and I'm sneezing my head off. So <laughs> that's uh, that's how this podcast is going. So the case today is the Toronto Tunnel Monster. Um, in Toronto, there's a bunch of tunnels under the city. And apparently there's uh, some stuff going on down there. So the thing with Toronto, um, where it was built, there was a lot of waterways and streams and as the city expanded they had to build out over them as happens so a lot of them it became buried under the city they became part of the sewers and just sort of merged all together and back in the day um the algonquin tribes of the area said there was man-like creatures that lived in these rivers um before before they decided to hide away from the public so the story that we're talking about is a 1978 sighting of possibly one of these, you know, hairy monkey-like creatures that used to live in the waterways that is now living underground under Toronto. Um, could be more than one creature living down there. Who knows, right? We don't really know what's in some of these sewer tunnels. So in 1978, um, in August, a uh, Toronto man had an experience with one of these with one of these creatures. Um, his name was Ernest, but he would only allow for his first name to be used in the paper. He was 51, and him and his wife of 19 years had been raising a litter of kittens. One of the kittens had apparently disappeared, and Ernest went to go look for it. You know, as you do when your kitten disappears, and that was in the area of Parliament's in Parliament Street, um, where they lived, where their apartment was. So while he was looking for his kitten, he stumbled upon an opening to a dark cave and crawled about 10 feet inwards. And that's where he said he saw a living creature that I'll never forget. Armed with only a flashlight, he encountered this creature. He described the monster as long and thin, almost monkey-like, three feet long with large teeth, and looked to be about 30 pounds with gray fur. However, it was the eyes that truly stood out. He said they were orange and red and slanted. Ernest spoke with reporters reluctantly about what occurred. He said that the creature spoke to him. I'll never forget it, he said. It said, go away, go away, in a hissing voice. And then it took off down a long tunnel off to the side. I got over there as fast as I could. I was shaking with fear. So, right off the bat, that's kind of strange. I mean, I've done shows on cryptids, and I've done a lot of research on cryptids, and it's strange to have one that actually speaks to you, and especially one that says, go away, in hissing voice, and then runs away. It's not very often that cryptids actually talk. Bigfoot doesn't talk. I mean, that we know of, right? Um, So... Ernest said that he never he never approached the media with his story. Um, he was afraid people would think he was drunk or worse, crazy, and he felt like no one would believe him. He said that the Toronto the Toronto Sun newspaper found him after hearing about his experience from a reliable contact who worked with a relative of Ernest's and who was one of only a handful of people that Ernest had confided in about the experience. 
he would agree to talk only if his last name was not revealed. I'm sure, though, at the time, like, if people knew him, it'd probably be easy to track him down um, and figure out who it was, especially, you know, if you knew him. <laughs> I believe Ernie saw exactly what he said, says his wife. He was terrified when he came back to the apartment, and he doesn't scare easily. Look, he's been known to have a drink in the past, like most people, and to occasionally tie one on, but he's not a drunk, and wasn't drinking at all that day. And the thing that sticks out for me about that is that's not usually something that drunk people would say happen. I think that'd be more if like you were high or stoned or you know doing acid or hallucinogens that you would more likely see something that you know yelled at you if you're drunk you I don't think you'd make up like some monster that hissed to go away at you and then ran away like that seems kind of strange to me to be concerned that he was you know thinking that maybe he was drunk and made that up. Um, the newspaper did question some of Ernest's relatives. They found that they all agreed and supported Barbara's evaluation, evaluation of her husband, that, you know, he was trustworthy and seemed to be excessively terrified over it. Um, Ernest accompanied by a staff son, a staff member of the son, returned to the location of his sighting in March of 1979, the K's entrance was located at the bottom of a narrow passageway between the building where he lived and the one next door. Although I don't really know if it's a cave or maybe it's just a hole to the sewer, really. Um, together they found the corpse of a cat, which was half buried in the tunnel. The sad discovery reminded Ernest of strange no noises like animals in pain that he had heard coming from the tunnel prior to his frightening encounter. Ernest showed the stun, the sun reporter <laughs> exactly where he saw the strange being. He said that the last I saw the creature, it was heading off into the dark. The passage seemed to drop down very quickly and go a long way back. It was speculated that the tunnel led to the sewer system and that the entranceway beside Ernest's apartment was an access point used by the creature to get to the surface. Safety concerns prompted Toronto Sewer Department to thoroughly inspect the tunnel as it was feared area children may in fact try and enter it. Ernest's story was very strange. However, sewage employees did not ridicule or scoff at it according to the report. One worker was quoted in the paper saying, people who work on the surface just don't know what it's like down there. It's a whole different world. Who would have thought a few years ago that Oh, that people would live in sewers and yet that's what they found in New York a few years back another was quoted as saying I don't know what he saw down there I'll tell you one thing if we could get in there I sure as hell wouldn't want to go down alone so sewer workers that were checking in the area and looking into it were obviously concerned about it and Lorenos keeps saying it was a cave I mean it's obviously an entrance to the sewer system it's either an access point that was put in by the city to access the sewers and you know do maintenance sort of like a manhole or just a hatch or some kind of uh, maintenance area or it was you know a part of the system that collapsed or that there was just you know damage done to that had over the years you know either fallen in on itself or someone had decided to chip away at it but it could have been could have been that as well it could have just been part of the tunnel that had fallen away um, either deliberately or by accident or you know like I said the entrance to it I don't really think it was a cave and I don't really think it was something that this creature dug out to use as 
you know, like a tunnel system <laughs> or it's, it's special passageway to get to the surface. Um, so in the Sun article, they, they noted the description of the creature that Ernest provided and there is an artist rendering, um, which is included in the article, which I will include in the show art for this. But apparently it resembled a lot, uh, or it was very similar to the chupacabra. Um, more like, more like a monkey chupacabra, because chupacabras are kind of more goat-like, I guess. Um, but I guess that's what it looked pretty similar to. And the weird thing about this is there has, there have been no other sightings, or at least no, you know, there's no reported sightings since 1978. So... One time, one guy <laughs> went down in the sewers near his house in Toronto and saw a monster, saw a creature, hiss, go away, go away at him, and run off in the dark. And that's, uh, that's the story of the Toronto tunnel monster, <laughs> essentially. Um, the weird thing is, though, so when I was researching this, there was another um, article that came up. And I guess there's an author whose name is Commander X, or that's his pseudonym, then he goes by his pen name. And he he writes about, like, aliens and um, terrestrial stomping grounds, it says, of non-human intelligences. So basically aliens are where they come to Earth. And in his book, Underground Alien Bases, there's apparently um, an, a quote about this where he advises of a hideout beneath downtown Toronto. So what he says is there is a small opening to the underground tunnels off Parliament Street in downtown Toronto. The entrance is between two apartment buildings and leads to tunnels via the sewers. The underground city beneath Toronto has its center beneath Gerard Street and Church Street. Above this area, strange magnetic effects have been observed. Note this corner of Gerard and Church Street has a higher accident rate than anywhere else in Toronto. It is believed that the underground equipment utilizing powerful magnetic fields, which have caused many strange magnetic effects in houses near this intersection, are responsible for the bizarre equipment failures that are often the cause of these accidents. So the funny thing with that is, it almost seems like he's basing the base down there on on this case from Ernest. Um, saying that there's an entranceway off Parliament Street, where Ernest's apartment was, that it's between two apartment buildings and leads to the tunnels, is the exact area that Ernest found the cave and the entranceway to it. So, I don't know if he, like, maybe just took the story of the tunnel monster and, you know, that's where he's basing his idea of the underground caves off of, but, um, or sorry, the underground alien bases. But that's, uh, that's the quote from... Commander X uh, on his book. So going back to the beginning when I was talking about the tribe, the Algonquin tribes in the area, talking about the the water spirits and the creatures. So that's the other theory that what Ernest saw was actually one of these spirits. So they are called the Mamagwesi. Um, they are small water spirits, usually said to inhabit rivers in Algonquin mythology. They, um, they're generally benign creatures and sometimes, you know, they'll blow canoes over or steal things when they're not showing proper respect, but majority of the time they're pretty harmless. And some Ojibwe trans traditions 
<laughs> the Mamaguasi can only be seen by children and medicine people. In other transition or other traditions, they can appear to anyone and may actually help humans who give them gifts of tobacco and other small offerings. Most often they are described as being child-sized with hairy skin, a large head, and a strange voice that sounds like a whine of a dragonfly. The Cree and Inu describe them as having narrow faces, and some storytellers have said that they have no noses. It is sometimes said that they were originally created from the bark of trees. They are said to carve symbols on rocks and sometimes call, carve small canoes for themselves made out of stone. Some people believe that their name comes from the Ojibwe word from hair, for hairy, since Mamaguasi are usually described as having hairy faces and bodies. Others believe that their name is related to the word for butterfly when Toronto buried many of its rivers. Luring them, you know, down the ground tunnels were were they buried with them? Is that something that happened? Um, were these creatures actually inhabiting the area? And then when Toronto came and built their systems, they were, you know, displaced from their homes. Maybe they went underground trying to follow the waterways or trying to stay in the area. Maybe they left and are coming back to sort of fight back, fight back for their land, fight back against the people who took them away from their land. It's hard to say, it's hard to know, and with there only being one case, um, it's not really that definitive, I guess. Um, the reason I picked it because it sounded cool, it sounded cool, it sounded like a, an interesting topic, um, and yeah, like I said, I was looking for ones in Ontario, so that's, uh, that's the case of the Toronto Tunnel Monster, Tunnel Monster. I apologize. Um, I'm very stuffed up. It's very weird allergy type season. It's been very, very hot where I am, hot and humid, and there's a lot of pollen and who knows what else getting kicked up in the air. And it's been a nightmare on my allergies. So again, this is another short one. That's just how these podcasts are going for the summer. Um, but hopefully you're enjoying them. I'm trying to, you know, get into more probably spread out to more Ontario, maybe some northern Manitoba ones, just because that's the area that I'm in. Um, but trying to stay local to my area. Um, I really enjoy cryptids and I've kind of been looking at taking a cryptozoology course. So that's something uh, that's on my radar to think about, um, which would be kind of cool, which I could obviously do a, a podcast topic on. So so circling back, um, All You Could Tech Go is our wonderful sponsor now. And because they sent me all this amazing swag, I'm going to be doing a giveaway. So be sure to check that out on social media, um, the podcast pod on Instagram. I'll be posting a picture of the wonderful giveaway. Basically, all you got to do is follow the show on Instagram, like the post. You know, you can comment and tag someone if you like, but even even just liking the post and following will get you entered into it. Um, the draw will probably be done in a couple weeks. I don't really know how long it'll take to ship it out because the postal system has been a nightmare, <laughs> but rest assured if you are chosen the winner, you will be getting your swag in the mail. So there's wonderful pins and stickers and crazy sunglasses um, and probably a beer koozie to be thrown in. Just Awesome, awesome LU Kateko stuff. I will be throwing some podcast stickers in there as well, which are always great. So 
head on over check that out um and as always thanks for listening thanks for listening to the podcast as always you can find us on itunes google play stitcher wherever you get your podcast apps just look for the podcast and as well the podbelly network check them out at podbelly.com on the internet for all your podcast needs and wants and you can find my shop at shop.littlegeekloss.com with all my fun t-shirts as well as everything else you know for me at littlegeekloss.com on the internet check